Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast. Whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time, too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 4, Episode 2, Living Conditions. Ah, roommate drama. Nothing quite like it. (laughs) Nothing quite as scarring. (laughs) I am really looking forward to talking about this episode with you, Steph. I think this is just a fun episode in terms of, like, how they're telling the story. But I'm also just so curious. I want to hear some roommate stories <laughs> from you in this episode. Because I, I, as we talked about in our recap of The Freshman, you and I had very different experiences. You did have a roommate who's no longer your friend. I'm very curious to find out why. But I feel like we can tease this out over the course of this season. So you don't have to give everything away today. Yeah. But I want to hear, hear the beginning of Steph's roommate story. Well, I will add that I agree with you. This episode was a lot of fun. Uh, I have had, I think, 10 roommates in my time on this earth. And out of the 10, I would say three of them were awful. (laughs) And the rest were great. Well, it's not too bad. I mean, hey, out of the odds, that's not that bad. And um, you know what? Willow's right when she says, you know, that's part of the experience. It's part of experiencing change and growing up is that you have to learn how to live with people you don't like. So... I completely related to a lot of the things that Buffy was experiencing. And I also disagreed with Buffy in some ways, too. So it's it's a fun episode. I'm excited to talk about it. Let's begin. Uh, we start off in Buffy's dorm room, Stevenson Hall. And Kathy, her roommate, is aggressively listening to Cher's Believe. <laughs> How does one aggressively listen to something? <laughs> when you just, you can't stop listening to it over and over and over again. Um And she's ironing her jeans while she's listening. And just as a reminder, everybody, Cher's Believe was iconic for the time it came out, probably literally the year that this episode aired. But three listens in, that's enough. You don't ever have to hear it again. Almost every song on repeat, you're going to get tired of it, right? Exactly. Yeah, so Kathy's, Kathy's ironing her jeans. Do you iron things anymore, Steph? I don't. Is that still a thing for you? No, I steam Neither things. Neither do I. I feel like, yeah, like I, yeah, I steam things once in a while, but I feel yeah. like most clothing these days has like magic wrinkle resistant stuff in it, which probably sucks for the environment, but. Yeah, well, hey, but we look nice and fresh and crisp, don't we? <laughs> um, so Kathy is like telling Buffy, this song is super fun. <laughs> and Buffy's like, you bet. <laughs> And it gets it. She's like, it's funner and funner every time you play it. So Buffy starts off the episode with snark, right? And Buffy's putting her jacket on. She says she's caffeine deprived and she wants to get coffee and go study. She's obviously lying. And Kathy says, well, it's late. Won't you be up all night? I didn't realize you'd be coming and going at all hours. Not that I mind. I'm just surprised. And Buffy's like, okay, I'll be quiet as a mouse. Promise. And she goes to leave and Kathy stops her to remind her that she put together a little system, a little system she implemented where if Buffy logs every time that she makes a call, then when the bill comes, there won't be any problem. 
And she's like, a stitch in time. And Buffy ends it. She's like, catches the worm. You bet. Okay. And then she goes to leave. And Kathy again brings up, I noticed that some of my milk was missing. <laughs> and Buffy's like, yeah, I, 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 yeah, sorry. Like, I meant to, like, tell you. And Kathy was like, it's totally okay. I was just wondering. And then she cuts herself off because the song has stopped. Believe has stopped playing in the background. So she goes to turn it back on. And then she's like, I was making sure we didn't have a thief or something. And Buffy's like, like who? Sid the wily dare you gnome? And Kathy says, it's no big deal. Please feel free. And Buffy apologizes again. And then she goes, she's like, have a good time with the ironing. And um, the passive aggressiveness that is Kathy in this scene is a lot. It's like giving me hives. <laughs> it, it's truly like a tour de force performance of passive aggressiveness from this actor. Like she nails the the tone of voice because sometimes if you're trying to portray passive aggression, um, sometimes an actor will be too sarcastic sounding, right? Or mm -hmm. too harsh. And it's like, she nails that tone of voice where it's like she's gaslighting you where you start to question yourself like am i being the unreasonable one yeah should i be logging my calls is it weird that she's playing share right like you know everything she says and the way she says it it sounds reasonable but when you pile it on like she's doing it you start to realize this pattern of like oh right like i didn't realize you'd be coming and going at all hours not that i mind and it's just like you just want to like punch her in the face. Yeah, you really, really do because she's trying, like, like, she's coming across like she's nice and sweet and being completely reasonable. And Buffy actually has a lot harder time dealing with her passive aggressiveness with her, like, you bet, and okay then, well, you know, like. I, I would have a hard time because as somebody who's not very assertive, if somebody is being aggressive towards me, I can deal with it. Right. I may mm -hmm. it may take me some time to figure out how to deal with it, but I can deal with it when somebody's passive aggressive with me. I really struggle because I am not assertive enough to call that out. I'm working on it. I'm getting better. But, you know, passive aggression really uh, is a trying thing for me to deal with. So I'm with Buffy on this where it's like it's, it's so interesting, right? Because Buffy's the slayer. She literally kills monsters, but she's struggling to deal with this you know fellow stick of a girl who like all she's doing is just being a little bit passive aggressive right she hasn't even done anything terrible yet yet but it's like it's so interesting that for all her slayer power right buffy is powerless in the face of this girl yeah and i i also don't want to cut buffy too much slack here either because in all regards of what kathy is bringing up to her i think most of it is really passive aggressive in that it's one after the other. But the milk, the milk thing does kind of, in my opinion, come down on Buffy doing the mm, wrong thing. Interesting. It, it, it is code that, yeah, usually you can share your roommate's food, but you usually ask or you bring it up yourself, right? Be like, oh, mm -hmm. I took some milk earlier. I'll replace it. Or is it okay if I grab some milk in the morning and then I'll get the next carton and we have like a system, kind of like what Kathy's setting up with the phone? Right. So I think in that case, I mean, I don't know, point to Kathy. I think that would have been a little bit annoying for me as well. So not, and I hate to think that I'm like Kathy, but I'm not. It's just, that's kind of like your code of conduct when you're living with somebody mm -hmm. is to establish what you share and what you don't share. Right. So 
Outside, Buffy's walking with Willow, and she's saying that Kathy's nice and all, but she's sort of mini-mom of Momdonia. <laughs> and they hear a rustle in the bushes, but nothing comes of it. So Buffy says that she she wishes it was something, because she could use a little play tonight. Because listening to the best of VH1 all day has put her on edge. And Kathy's still spinning the divas, because it's the funnest! But And remember, Kathy loves divas, because she has a Celine Dion poster. And... Buffy says to Willow, you know, college is a time of change, right? Before too long, she'll be trip-hopping all over the place. And I don't know what the fuck trip-hop is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Someone can explain. I think it's like power tripping? I don't I thought it was a type of music. Like, I don't know what she meant by that comment. Okay. Willow does say here that the dorm thing is an adjustment we all need to make, and her roommate is also challenging. And Buffy says, well, what are we if not women up for the challenge? And Willow <laughs> says, exactly. Did we not put the grr in girl? It's <laughs> cute. So uh, Buffy drops her off. I guess she's going to Oz's house. And uh, Willow's like, happy hunting. And Buffy says, wish me monsters. And then they go. And as Buffy walks by, we see a green, veiny, glowy demon. His uh, Glowy in that his eyes are glowing green. And I am getting hyena spirit vibes. I'm getting uh, Igon <laughs> vibes with that glowing eye thing. Yeah, the green glowing thing is so in this season. A lot of demons <laughs> you're to find are picking up on green glowing eyes. It's just right? like, it's the newest fashion accessory when you come to Sunnydale. You know, you want to look your best for the Hellmouth. Absolutely. Uh, we cut to credits. We Then after the credits, Buffy's still patrolling and Kathy approaches her. She's like, oh, good, I caught you. I decided to, a decaf latte sounded like heaven after all. And Buffy's like, oh, you, so you're coming along? And Kathy's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, so you don't have to walk these spooky paths alone. You know? And Kathy, <laughs> like, she's irritating because she's so she's peppy. being... Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, she's being clingy. Like, it's just like, can't even get away from her. <laughs> so Buffy's just like, great. That's just great. And also, like, Buffy's, you know, treading lightly because she can't just pick a fight. It's your roommate. Like, you live with this person, so you can't just pick fights. Um, so they're immediately attacked by a demon, and Buffy shoves Kathy into the bushes. And she fights the demon for a bit, but then the demon takes off. And Kathy comes over and she's like, what the blizzard was that all about? And Buffy's like, he tried to take my backpack. And Kathy says, oh, well, you like, what were you thinking taking him on like that? You could have gotten hurt or something. And God, look at my sweater. It's ruined. And Buffy's like, oh, he, you know, sorry about that. Let, let's go get you cleaned up. And she leads her away. And as she leads her out of the uh, path, two of those demons with the glowy eyes are talking in their own language. And they're saying, she may be the one. We have to be sure follow her <laughs> so we cut to the next day buffy's picking up giles's mail and she's outside his front door where there's like a little gazebo like a little front porch area and courtyard. uh courtyard and giles meets up with her but he just got back from a run he's all sweaty he's perspirating he's out of breath Ooh. and buffy's like do you run and he's like yes and i jump and bend and occasionally frolic and Buffy notices that she's got, like, in his mail, he got a motorbike and scooter magazine. And she's like, are you going through one of those midlife things? I'm still I'm still going-ish from the last time that you tried to recapture your youth. <laughs> okay, come on, Buffy. Let's not be ageist here. Giles is allowed to have his own interests and stuff. Like, what do you think he does? Especially now that he's completely unemployed. Right? It's like, do you think he just sits at home watching, I don't know, Passions or something? Like oh, Passions. Yeah, no, he, he's got stuff to do. Yeah, and he's like not banging a girl this week. This week he's into motorcycles and there's nothing wrong with that. 
So Giles scolds her and she's like, sorry. Uh, and then she tells him about the demon that she saw the night before with the cloak on, glowy green eyes. And she says he has like a fake tan. And <laughs> Giles needs her to translate that. So she says, he's got like orangey skin. <laughs> so Buffy says that her roommate Kathy was with her. Uh, but she didn't see anything. And Giles is like shook. He's like, you took your roommate patrolling with you? And Buffy says, yeah, I invited the whole dorm. But she was the only one that could make it. And she's like, I told her I was going for coffee. And she decided to tag along. And Giles is like, yes, well, we must discourage her from that habit. No shit, Giles. <laughs> I know. Um, Giles is not familiar with the creature. But he's going to look into it and let her know uh, if he finds anything. And Buffy remarks that the courtyard that she's in is very nice and asks what he's doing for the day. And he starts to tell her what he's doing for the day. But then he's like, you know, it actually just occurred to me that you've never once asked me what my day's plans were. So that leads me to inquire whether you're feeling entirely yourself. And at first, Buffy like plays it off like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm always wondering what you're up to. Maybe the words don't make it out of my mouth. But like, you know, I, I, I want to know. And then she says, you know what? I figured I'd just hang here until my roommate goes to class. And Giles is like, ah, I see. And Buffy's like, I know I might be having a bitch attack, but it's not me. Like, it's not me. And Giles is like, living with somebody is never easy, especially for an only child. And Buffy says, okay, but she sharpens her pencils. She measures them with a ruler to make sure they're all the same size. <laughs> I really liked the phrase bitch attack. I thought, I think maybe I need to start using that phrase sometimes. Oh, yeah. We all have bitch attacks now and then. Uh, and I think it's really funny. Like, this is also something that would bother me. If I saw somebody doing this and like sharpening your pencils and measuring to make sure they're all the same size, I'd be like, that is bizarre. <laughs> See, no, I disagree because that's not affecting Buffy. You know, I mean, if the sharpening is too loud, I can see how that would be annoying. But like, that's just, you know, a behavior, an idiosyncrasy of Kathy's. I think it's, you know, for me, Buffy's in the right when she's pointing out behaviors that are truly affecting her. This one is just kind of making fun of Kathy's persnicketiness. I agree. I think it is a different, though, because Buffy is so... When you are in the space, the small space that you're sharing together, these little things become big things. True, although I, I will say, and I think we touched on this last week... That is a large dorm room for two people. <laughs> like, there is a lot of space there. It, it is, uh, but I'm telling you, like, I get I get what Buffy's saying. I don't agree. I also think it's unfair, but I, I'm with her. I'd be like, yep, that's annoying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every little thing you do is annoying me now. Um, so Giles says, she's fussy. I agree. Everyone has their idiosyncrasies, and you'll do well to tolerate them. And Buffy's like, yep, yeah, or I'll end up an old lady who only lives with cats. And Giles is like, yeah, something like that. So Buffy agrees, and she's like, take a mental picture. This is the new Buffy, kinder, gentler, roommate extraordinaire. <laughs> so we cut to Kathy, who is viciously trying to rub the stain out of her sweater. And she's she fixes the rug that was turned over for a second. Their dorm room is so tidy. Yeah. You know Kathy's a tidy person. I don't ever... I would never think of Buffy as a tidy person. No, we've seen her room. Yeah. So Kathy goes to Buffy's closet, starts looking through her clothes, and holds up one of her sweaters to her. And she also notices a bag of weapons. But then she just continues on with her life. So Buffy is in the cafeteria, making her way to the back of the line. And she sees Kathy there, so she dodges in front of this guy. And the guy, who's like a good-looking dark hair guy with light blue eyes and i know him from dawson's creek so he says ex-boyfriend or loan shark and 
Buffy's like, who, what? And she, he's like the person you're hiding from. And Buffy says both, ugly breakup. So, and she's like, sorry, I cut in. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. I got your back. And they start ba- like having a little dialogue as they're picking out their food in the cafeteria line. And he asks her if she's a freshman. And he's like, I know because um, you don't know how to use your dining ca- room card. Uh, he's like, if you work it right, you can get three meals worth, which equals fewer punch cards annually and more cash from dad to keep from yourself. And he is absolutely correct. <laughs> so the goal is to polish off as much as humanly possible in one sitting in the cafeteria. And then you take snacks with you as you go, like you chipmunk it, he says, which I thought was cute. And then excess dry goods fits nicely in a backpack or a pocket. And wetter items like macaroni and turkey loaf, they go into Ziploc bags, which are not for beginners. And Kara, when he said that, I was like, not this man telling a summer's woman how to have dinner in a bag. I, I knew you would bring this up. Yes, he is mansplaining dinner in a bag as if, you know, a young fresh man, fresh, man, fresh woman, as if a young student couldn't possibly know. It's like, no, dude, um, Buffy has both received dinner in a bag and also prepared dinner in a bag for many a person. Uh, prepared dinner in a bag for a man much more handsome and striking than you random guy in line i mean doesn't he kind of look like angel though he's got like the pasty white skin and the floppy please, I, I, please, know, I know please uh no he does not i will say he looks a lot more like xander than okay. angel i think they all look pretty much the same so. <laughs> no 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 i will not have this uh but i will i hey i already said he's good looking i think he's cute i can't help it i think he's a good looking guy but I don't like that mansplaining of dinner in a bag because Buffy Summers invented dinner in a bag. So Buffy sees Willow, Oz, and Xander at a table nearby. She invites him to join them, but he's like, no, no, I'm meeting somebody. Otherwise, I would. He introduces himself as Parker Abrams, and he's at Kresge Hall. And Buffy, and Buffy says, I'm Buffy Summers, Stevenson. And this gave me flashbacks, too, because when you meet people in your freshman year, you're always announcing yourself like that so that they know where to, which dorm you're in it's like it is part of your title at that point Ooh, good memories so they separate buffy sits with her friends and xander's there and he's like um say hi to a non-college guy and he thought he'd come around and check on his girls and whatever and willow says and eat off my plate and buffy asks if, uh, like are your parents not feeding you and he says sure they are for a price and no one says anything to this. They continue on, right? Willow asks about the guy that Buffy was just with, and she says he's just, like, adorable, but nothing serious. And Xander says that he knows the technique well. Hit the girl with your best shot, then hasta. And Oz says, gotta respect the drive-by. And Xander says, low rejection, fond memories. And Willow said that he got all googly-eyed for Buffy, and Xander says that's because he got hit by the Buffinator. Now he's powerless. And Buffy asks, you think? And Oz says, no question, he'll be back. And I really liked this little friendship dynamic we got going on here. They're all like pumping up Buffy. They're like, oh, you met a new guy? That's cute. Like they want her to move on to a healthy relationship, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. So of course they would support this. Um, Even the boys. I also think it's like amusing that Xander is there. You know, like he's not part of the college life. So the writers have to keep thinking of reasons for him to be around on campus. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think it's interesting where it's like Xander's just going to keep showing up throughout this season where it's like, but you don't go to this school. No. 
Um, but this is the thing. So right after this, Buffy starts telling him about the demon she saw. And Xander's like, oh, is it something apocalypse Like, do we need to, to assemble the Scooby gang? I just got way too excited for that, didn't I? And so this comment followed right after the comment that his parents make him pay f- to eat with them now. Mm, yeah. um, the fact that he is at this school he doesn't go to school here but this is where all his friends are and he's almost saying that he wishes there was some sort of trouble happening some sort of apocalypse to either take him out of his life that he's in right now or make him feel special and important again like he did you know during all the apocalypses last year so this actually made me very sad for xander and I, I'm like, no one's commenting on it. No one's saying like, oh, Xander, like, do you not have money for food? Do you need help? Yeah. Like we said last episode, right? Xander's going to take some time to find his way in this season. Um, you know, I, unfortunately, I don't think this is like a an uncommon thing for parents to do, to start charging you rent and stuff if you're still at home. But like, this is just building on everything we we know about his home life since the beginning of the show, right? I know. So I don't know. I don't want to feel bad for Xander, but I do. I do. I feel sympathy for him. And I actually like him in this episode for the most part. Hmm. 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 Um, Buffy tells Xander that he needs to get out of the basement a little bit more. And that's when Kathy comes. She's like, hi, everybody. Squeeze in. And she sits. (laughs) And Buffy says, you all know my roommate, Kathy. (laughs) And um, Buffy notices that Kathy is wearing her sweater. And Kathy says, well, I didn't think you'd mind. You got mine all muddy. And ooh, that that would have made me so mad too. Because Buffy's like, I was saving you from, and Will's like, a bear. And Buffy's like, no, a mugger. (laughs) So Kathy says, well, it's not a problem, is it? I figure we're almost like sisters living together and everything. Oh my God. I know. (laughs) And Buffy's like, it's fine. I just, I wished you'd asked. (laughs) So Xander and Kathy start chatting as Kathy bites into her hamburger and ketchup falls from the hamburger, falls onto the sweater. And we get like a close up, like boom, 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 closer to Buffy's eyes. (laughs) And her eyes like twitching from that. So... Oh my god, Kathy could not be more annoying. But I again, I like the, the fact that it's like Buffy said you could have asked. It's like, well, Buffy, you started the precedence of taking her milk. <laughs> so, true, Buffy totally deserves everything she gets in this episode, right? I yes, no, no, no. I think if we're putting this episode, <laughs> Kathy on trial. This is this new episode is called Kathy on Trial, and I'm just saying, as a fair prosecutor slash defense, <laughs> Kathy was wronged first about the milk (laughs) true but i think taking somebody's clothing like clothing is just such an intimate thing it's like unless you know the person's chill with you just borrowing their stuff that's what i'm saying that's why these roommate rules need to be established early on right like is it okay if i take some of your milk sure is it okay if i'm cold if i wear one of your sweaters sure like this is it's communication everybody so Buffy is sitting in her bed in her yellow pajamas on the phone with Willow and she's bitching about Kathy and she's like, first she acts like she gets sit privileges at my lunch table just because some computer decided to make a cellmates. <laughs> Such a good line. And Buffy's chewing on gum. She like puts a new wad of gum in her mouth while she's doing this. And Willow's like, you know, she's not like you. She doesn't know anybody here because apparently Kathy's from Nebraska. 
And Buffy says, you can't believe the stuff I have to put up with. And Willow is sympathizing, but at the same time, in the background (laughs) of Willow's room, a raging party is happening. Like, her roommate has thrown a giant party, and Willow gets hit in the head with a Nerf ball, and, like, she's clearly, like, her roommate clearly did this without Willow's, without Willow saying yes to it. I'm sure Willow wouldn't have wanted this party in her room, but she also, (laughs) Willow's not going to say anything about it. So... Buffy says, I can't take another day of this. She's coming back from the bathroom. Call me back. And like, she hangs okay, up. Okay, so a couple of thoughts. First, can you imagine if Buffy threw a party in her dorm room? In terms of like what Kathy would do? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. That, wouldn't Kathy just lose her shit? Absolutely. No, no. This is another like roommate faux pas. You do not have people in your room without getting permission <laughs> from the roommate. And if the roommate doesn't give it, then you grumble about it. And then you go somewhere else, to someone else's room. Second thought. Hmm. Um, this scene really stood out for me because it's an example of how the show is aged because nowadays, if you wanted to complain about your roommate to your best friend, who's also on the college campus with you or anywhere, you would just be texting back and forth, right? Buffy would just be lying in bed and she wouldn't have to stop when Kathy came in because Kathy wouldn't be able to hear her texting. So, um, it's just, it's interesting how because of the ways that technology and how we communicate have subtly shifted over the past two decades. Now it's like this scene would be written differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, After this, but so Kathy comes in and Kathy is saying to Will, to Buffy, don't forget to log those calls. (laughs) Kathy, Um, Kathy sits on her bed and she starts flossing her teeth loudly how do you floss your teeth loudly i don't get it i don't know either but you know what this is actually this is here's my first roommate story and this is a roommate that i lived with in china and we got along splendidly i love her very much but in our first couple weeks of living together i was walking across the we like we had bedrooms on either side and the bathroom was next to hers so i was walking to my to the bathroom from my bedroom flossing my teeth and she literally like freaked out because she it turns out it was like a phobia of hers to hear that like i don't know how she hears it i don't know what it is about it but she literally was like oh my god no please can you do that in your room or in the bathroom and i was like yeah sure like no problem right but that was the first time i ever experienced like what buffy is experiencing here where she was like she couldn't she can't stand the sound okay Mm -hmm. i I stand corrected um you know apparently you can hear it so thank you for the roommate story i appreciate it (laughs) and if you're listening tamlin love you um buffy takes out an apple and she puts it in the fridge and okay every single item in the fridge has the name kathy on it with a big black marker (laughs) even like every egg like not even the box of eggs she's got like and like a little container of eggs that's open so like every egg is labeled and also she's taken up the whole fridge right like buffy has to squeeze her apple into a, a full shelf on the fridge door because the rest of the fridge is Kathy's. And that really, like, yes, the name thing is strange and bizarre, but it's also like, this is Kathy crossing a line, right? Yes, of like, yes. there's no space for Buffy. Of course she's yes. going to steal your milk. She doesn't have her own milk because you didn't leave her milk space. 
Yeah, absolutely. And well, now that we, and now I'm sure the, the naming came today, like she obviously went there and did that all today. So this is another level of being passive aggressive well, and kind of a bitch. And it's not going to work because like with the eggs, right? She's got to number the eggs because otherwise it's like you got to count the eggs every single time to see if one's missing. Just because it had your name on it doesn't mean somebody can't take it. So yeah. you better make sure you number those eggs so that you can check. Oh, is egg number three missing? Oh, no, somebody took egg number three. Right? And Buffy could easily switch up one of those eggs with a bad egg that will then <laughs> that she saved from season two. Um, I'll also add that, like, if a roommate had done this, like, in my house, that I would have taken a picture, it would have went straight to the group chat. Obviously, we're gonna, all going to be talking about that. That's some wild shit. So while she was up, Kathy had gone to shut the window that's just above Buffy's bed. So Buffy goes back to her bed and opens it up. And Kathy, <laughs> this okay, Kathy picks up her book, her novel next to her bed, and there is gum all over it. It's like stuck to the to the table. And she's like, ew, like who left their gum here? And Buffy's like, gum gnome? <laughs> so Kathy says, well, it wasn't me. It had to be someone, Buffy. And Buffy swallows her own gum that she's all <laughs> got in her mouth right now. And she just says, I don't know. And okay, okay, Buffy, that's, that's pretty bad leaving your gum all over the room okay mm, i can't i can't side with you there girl they both turn off their lights and go to sleep but we cut to a what appears to be a bad dream uh there's a demon the same demon we saw earlier standing over buffy making her like drink this like blood thing it's gross uh there's a scorpion and then something is being sucked out of buffy's mouth so buffy wakes up and kathy immediately immediately says do you always make that noise when you sleep so in the dorm rec room in in the the sunnydale high cafeteria that's been recreated into this like open space uh giles is there and oz and willow are sitting with buffy and she's telling them about her dream and she's like the worst part was waking up and kathy staring at her like she's a freak and Oz is like, I think the worst part is the demon pouring blood down your throat. <laughs> and Willow's like, I agree. And Buffy says, that's a dream. And the Kathy thing is real. So Giles says it would be more productive to examine your dreams to determine what they yeah, mean. Have we forgotten that Buffy has prophecy dreams? Like, even if this isn't really happening, it could happen in the future, right? Like, this could be a prophecy dream. Yeah, but Buffy's so distracted with her hate for her roommate that she doesn't even care. She's like, it's, I woke up and Kathy was there. It was the worst part of the night. Um, so Kathy comes up and she's like, here's what Giles has said. And she says, oh, you can read dreams? Neat. And Buffy is like, introduces them. And Willow says, Giles is our grown-up friend, not in a creepy way. And I was like, that's true, Willow. It was creepier when you guys were in high school. <laughs> <laughs> much creepier good shout yes but once again right Giles doesn't go to the school he's still just hanging out here I just, <laughs> it, it's so fun just watching how the writers really have no reason for Giles or Xander to be around at this point in the season so they're yeah. just kind of like and Giles is here <laughs> um Kathy asks Giles to read the dream that she had last night, which had a monster who sat on her and did a bunch of stuff. And Oz is like, like stuff like scorpions and Bloody Marys minus the Mary. And she's like, yeah, how'd you know? He's like, well, I'm a good guesser. <laughs> Oz is really funny in this episode. Um, 
Buffy says, yeah, me too. And I'm guessing that you need to be on your way to class, right, Kath? And Kathy's like, hmm, looks like somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. And Buffy says, and guess what? You were next to it. <laughs> Whoa. So Kathy says, you know what? I do need to dash. My whole schedule is off because someone kept me up all night. It's been fun. Toodles. And Buffy's like, toodles. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and then she immediately says, not only does she take my sweater, now she has to horn in on my dreams. I haven't even gotten to the floss yet. And Giles is like, focus, focus, focus. Uh, if you had the same nightmares, chances are something happened to both of you and when you met that demon in the woods. And Willow says, we have to figure out if this is a ritual that they're dreaming about and if it has some sort of special use or meaning. And Buffy says, you guys do the brain thing. I'm going to class. So she goes and Willow says, that was the evil twin, right? She's bordering on Cordelia-esque. And I was like, whoa, Willow. Take her name out of your mouth, this, Willow. This, this, the way they're reacting here, right? Because Oz is like, oh, yeah, she's pushing the stress meter. And then Giles says she's not being herself. But like you pointed out earlier, he says learning to live with someone can be a challenge. And Willow says, oh, she hasn't been sleeping. But Giles is like, okay, well, let me know if she, and Oz says, hits the red zone. And it's it's like, are we not jumping to some conclusions here. So Buffy is mildly annoyed with her roommate. I don't think that's a cause for alarm at this point. They seem like they're being really overprotective of her. Yeah, it's 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 hard because on one hand, Buffy is way more irritated in this episode than we usually see her. Because I think later in the episode, she says that she's usually pretty relaxed. She's, and I agree with that. I think she usually is pretty laid back. I mean, so. she's kind of at the point, you remember when she and Cordelia were competing to be, uh, what was it? spring fling queen or something homecoming queen yeah yeah like they were competing right and i remember buffy being somewhat like rude in that episode especially when it came to cordelia but you know the the scoobies were also helping cordelia quite a bit <laughs> yeah, yeah um th that's that's what this reminds me of is i feel like that's this kind of buffy that we're getting Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also flash back to like, remember in season one, so many times Buffy would bring up something that's wrong. I saw a puppet in my room last night and they're all like, no, you didn't. You know, like they didn't believe her as much. So right, I feel like, yeah. you know, this is three seasons later and still same shit. We cut to a bonfire outside. It's a, it's a Burning Man <laughs> festival. And these demons, they're all taking, like they're all uh, talking in their little language. They're saying we were correct. Like she is the one I have prepared for the summoning of the great one, Taparak. And then they start to chant. So Buffy goes back to her dorm and she can hear <laughs> Cher playing through the door. So she like braces herself and then she goes in and lo and behold, Parker is sitting on Kathy's bed with her talking about Madonna sitting. and Whitney. He's like leaning kind of like seductively he's much closer to kathy than you know i'd, I'd want to make sure there's at least some more space between the two of them yeah uh they're pretty intimate looking for sure so buffy automatically is like what the hell and he says that he had stopped by to bring her ziploc bags to maximize her dining hall exports and they're heavy duty and again parker you are so inequipped to deal with buffy and her knowledge of how to pack up her food. So Buffy's like, oh, that's so great. And Kathy comes up and she's like, Parker was just gonna leave his number and go, but we started talking and he's such a blast, time just flew. And Buffy's Aww. like, well, how much time? 
And Parker's like, we got caught up talking about Red Wings. Kathy is a closeted hockey fan. I think it's the violence. And then Kathy's like giggling and she like hits him. She's like, quit it. I told you that it was just between us. It's like, oh, I'm going to puke. So he's like, you know, it could be the sweaty men. And then they laugh together. So Buffy is like super fucking annoyed. And she's like, if you two are going to (laughs) wrestle, remember wrestling from the, from the Zeppo? Oh my God. If you two are going to wrestle, can you take it outside? And she's like, I have a lot of work to do. And she goes and turns off Kathy's music. And Parker's like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize. And he goes to leave. And obviously Buffy's like, oh, I snapped at him. So she's like apologizing. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I should I should go. It's cool. And Buffy's like, well, it was great for you to stop by. Maybe we can do it again another time. And Parker says, yeah, another time for sure. So he's like, bye, Kathy. And then he goes. So as soon as he goes, I love the turn that Buffy does. Buffy just like immediately like whips around and looks at Kathy and Kathy's like, it wouldn't have killed you to be nice, you know? And Buffy's like, well, you were being nice enough for the both of us. And Buffy goes and opens her window. And Kathy's like, I wasn't moving in on your territory if that's what you think. And she shuts the window. And Buffy's like, right, just like you didn't destroy my sweater. And Buffy puts a giant lock on her closet door. <laughs> and Kathy starts aggressively flossing her teeth. And Buffy opens up her window and Kathy's like, I'm cold. (laughs) Buffy's like, well, I'm hot. Deal with it. So Kathy says, do you know what your problem is, Buffy? And Buffy's like, you? And she's like, hardly. You're spoiled. Maybe the world revolved around you where you used to live, but it's share time now. And Buffy's like, share time, huh? Fine, I'll show you share time. And she goes to the mini fridge, takes out Kathy's milk and starts to chug it. And the milk runs all over her face. So my question to you, Cara, is like, is Buffy being unreasonable here in her anger? Um, I don't think she's being unreasonable. Uh, my question for you, Steph, is was Kathy moving in on Buffy's territory? Because I, I can't tell. Absolutely. Okay, here's... Okay. Oh, okay. Um, okay, there's a little bit more nuance to that than yes and no. So Parker does not belong to Buffy, right? He met. She met him once. Right. She met him once. Yes. Uh, so that's not her boyfriend. So in that case, yeah, sure. Kathy can flirt with him all she wants. On the other hand... Parker came there to see Buffy. Mm -hmm. If there was such a thing as girl code, Kathy would understand that he is there because he's interested in her roommate slash would-be friend. Therefore, be a friend and get the number and then send him on his way. Or say, you can hang out and wait, but like it doesn't have to be intimate, right? He could have sat on Buffy's Mm -hmm. bed or at the chair and then they could have talked that way. So knowing that when Buffy comes home, she wouldn't catch them like that. So I think Kathy actually went out of her way Maybe it was intentional or not, but I don't think Kathy cared at all that Buffy caught them in that position. If anything, it's it's a win for her, right? To further annoy her. Yeah. I mean, I suppose, you know, if we're, if, again, once again, Kathy on trial in this episode. <laughs> and I, I would be curious to hear what some of our listeners think about think about this. I think there's a reading of Kathy as being neurodivergent and there's probably just a lot of things that she doesn't get, you know, when we we talk about things like girl code or even just like roommate code, Mm -hmm. you know, her doing some compulsive things like the way she flosses, the way she fixes the carpet, you know, in in a more self-aware show, um, I could see that being used to indicate a character who has like some type of neurodivergence, you know, um, might be on the autism spectrum or, or has, you know, conditions like OCD where it's like, that's not a defect of the character. That's just part of who they are, right? But 
I'm hesitant to put that reading on Kathy just because I don't think that's what the readers and sorry, I don't think that's what the writers intended. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're just trying to play it straight as, wow, Kathy is annoying AF. But (laughs) I I wanted to mention that because I would be curious to know if any of our um, more neurodivergent listeners uh, maybe kind of see behaviors in Kathy where they're like, oh, like I've done that in the past or I do that now. And sometimes people misread that and react poorly the way Buffy is, right? Because to bring this back to your question of like, is Buffy acting reasonably or unreasonably here? I think that Buffy's frustration is so reasonable for all the reasons we've already discussed. Mm -hmm. And some of her actions make sense. Locking her closet? (sighs) I don't know about that. Um, But I also think, I think Buffy is making a mistake that is very common for young people, especially young women, to make when they're in these situations for the first time, which is she's not confronting the problem head on. She's not talking to Kathy and being like, Kathy, I need boundaries. Kathy, stop sitting with me at lunch. You know, Kathy, yeah. this is how I would like you to deal with the next time Parker shows up, you know, in a, in a respectful way. She is getting angry, but then being passive aggressive and sticking gum everywhere. You know, it's like <laughs> she's escalating instead of de-escalating the situation. It's true. And like, it's almost like by not addressing it, you feel like you're not creating drama, but it's actually creating much more drama with what's not said. Right. So, yeah. yeah, So I would be very curious also to hear how people relate to this situation with Kathy. It's, it's the openly flirting with him right in front of Buffy that I think, I think makes me feel right in that she was Mm. doing it to Urker. Right. Willow and Oz are walking to Willow's dormitory um, and Willow is worried about Buffy. And she says, you know, what kind of demon runs around putting ooky blood dreams into people's heads like a nightmare fairy? (laughs) She's like, Buffy's not being herself. If it wasn't for this English paper, I'd be there right now listening, doing the girly best friend thing. And Oz is so fucking sweet. And he's like, I can do it. And he's like, you know, we're not going to bring each other's hair probably, but I could hang with her and watch for signs that she's going over the edge. Okay, but could we please have a seed of Oz braiding Buffy's hair? That would be so (laughs) So cute. But I love that he's doing this because it's not just that he's doing it for Willow because Willow wishes she could, but like Buffy is Oz's friend too. And Mm -hmm. I think this is really sweet of him. And I wish Willow gave him a kiss or something. Again, these two, like, did you even do it a few months ago? Did you? Because like, Willow's like, thanks friend. And like leaves, (laughs) like kiss. So before she goes, she says, go check out the science center area. That's where she might be. And Willow opens the door to her room and there's a party happening again. So she's like, I'll be in the library. I really like how we're getting snippets in this episode, just little glimpses into a completely different episode where Willow also has a bad roommate situation, right? Like she and Buffy are having different but the same experience right now. But the episode focuses so much on Buffy's experience that it's like, I, I feel like there could be entire, like a half hour of deleted scenes of Willow dealing with her roommate. Right, right. And we never meet her roommate. Like, I'd be very curious to see what she looks like. I, I picture um, like a harmony, like a, like a party girl, you know? Mm, I agree with the party girl, but I'm not sure I'd go blonde, right? I feel mm. like she's like, um, like kind of like a dark brunette with like a like, sheila <laughs> like a sheila from school hard yeah but like she's like really um just like intense not like in a like a bad girl way but just like you know how some people are like right in your face and like loud okay, and don't okay. have a concept of personal space right like that that's how i feel willow's roommate would be like 
I don't know. I really wish we had met her because I think that would have been really cool. So we cut to Oz who's walking across campus and he passes a group of people. And as he passes this group of people, one of the women, the women, the woman in the group, they turn and look at each other, her and Oz, as if they sense something. And as they do that, a bunch of army guys that we saw in the episode before walk by in the background. They are not stealthy at all. Totally normal. They were all the open. Normal. You know, it's just... It's an American university. There's military everywhere. Very typical. Very typical. So Buffy is telling Oz. This is so cute. Buffy and Oz are hanging out. And is this like the first scene that we've really seen of Buffy I, and Oz? Yes. That, that's what I put in my notes is I'm like, this is just a really nice scene. Like, it's just so wonderful. Yeah. Yes. I wish we get more where it's like just, just the two of them. Because it's usually Oz and Willow or Oz as part of the whole group. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, I think we're also getting more of that in general because we had that with Buffy and Xander in the last episode. I feel like we're going to get more scenes where it's just Buffy and one other actor. And I think that's really a valuable way to grow these connections within the Scoobies. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, and we like we said all last season, like we need more Oz. Like we could have been having scenes like this all the time where Oz is always accompanying Buffy on her patrols and stuff. I like this. Buffy's talking about Kathy and she's like, you know, I was like, share this. And she like punches the air and Oz is like, oh, you either hit her or you did your wacky mime routine for her. And Buffy says, I didn't do either, but she deserves it. Don't you think? And Oz is like, nobody deserves a mime, Buffy. (laughs) So they start talking about that and how it's annoying her. And Buffy brings up, I appreciate it that you're here to help me patrol, but you've never come with me before. So what's the deal? And Oz is like, well, it's more interesting than homework. And Buffy's like, well, you know, I can handle myself alone. And Oz is like, that's not even a question. And Buffy's like (laughs) telling him more about Kathy. And Oz says, well, do you think your ranting is scaring away potential demons? And Buffy's like, oh my God, you're right. She's even affecting my work now. She's the Titanic. She's a crawling black cancer. And Buffy breaks the bench in half that's in front of them. And she's like, she's other really bad things. And Oz is like, well, on the plus side, you killed the bench, which was looking shifty. (laughs) Great line. Buffy says, this isn't funny, Oz. Something has to be done. And Oz is like, agreed. So Buffy's losing it. Uh, Buffy goes back to her room and she's sitting in her desk doing homework. And Kathy is, and I say aggressively because like the, the way the camera pans on it, the way that the sound is like everything goes dark except for the sound of the clipping. Uh, Kathy oh. is aggressively cutting her toenails. Yeah. And, and like this for me was the moment I was like, Kathy is a monster. <laughs> because... So cutting toenails, I get. Although personally, I wouldn't do that in front of another person unless like I really, really knew them and I knew they wouldn't be grossed out by it. I feel yeah. like you could go into the bathroom or something or wait until Buffy's gone. Yeah. But here's the thing. She is clipping her toenails over the crocheted counterpane on her bed. And yes. as somebody who knits, I don't crochet, but I knit and I own crocheted things. You're not getting those toenails back. Um, they're going to become a part of that fabric. They're going to stick in there. And no matter how much you wash it or shake it or try to pick them out, there's always going to be some clippings in there. That is absolute madness right there. That is just vicious, incredible, like, like, Kathy comes from a Mad Max universe. That is the only, <laughs> only way that this absolutely makes sense. Nobody clips their toenails over a crocheted blanket. And leaves them there. Like, apparently, like we learn later, Buffy collects them. Like, she never picks them up, right? She just leaves them there. So 
Buffy starts so aggressively gross. tapping her pencil, right? In in tune with this. And so Kathy turns her share of music back on and Buffy like breaks her pencil because she's like, Mah. Buffy tries to put on earmuffs and Kathy pulls out one of her Kathy eggs from the fridge and starts rolling it on her desk to break the shell. <laughs> and also like a midnight hard boiled egg. Like Kathy, you are a monster. Like you're a demon. So... Buffy is just like, I can't handle this anymore. I'm going to bed. So Buffy goes to bed, turns off her light, and then she has another dream of the demon writing blood symbols on her body and sucking out something from her mouth like she's a, like they're a dementor from Harry Potter. And uh, Buffy wakes up and she notices that Kathy is also having a bad dream and wakes up. So Kathy and Willow are out in the hallway talking to each other. And Kathy is saying that Buffy's difficult. She's secretive. She comes and goes at all hours of the night. She leaves her gum all over the place. And I was like, none of that is a big deal, Kathy, except for the gum. Like, I agree on the gum. Willow says, things are uh, rough, but shouldn't you be talking to Buffy about this? And Kathy's like, she's so touchy about all this weird stuff. Sometimes I get the feeling that she's not quite normal. And Willow's like, normal's relative, right? And Buffy was there. Buffy's listening because she came up upon them in the hallway. So Kathy's like, oh, uh, see you later, okay? And she leaves. And I was like, ooh, this would trigger Buffy if she heard this conversation because Buffy wants to be normal, right? This whole thing for three seasons now, Buffy has wanted to be a normal person or have normal things in her life. So for Kathy to call her out and say, like, she's not quite normal would really hurt. So Buffy says what are you doing talking to her? (laughs) And to Willow's credit, Willow says, Buffy, come on. Like, we were just saying hi. And Buffy says, that's not, that's what she wants you to think. And Willow says, Buffy, this has to stop. I get it. I have a sucky roommate too, but you have to deal. And Buffy says, uh, you're right. And I've been thinking a lot about this and it's clear to me now. Kathy's evil. I'm an evil fighter. It's simple. I'm going to have to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> like the way that Sarah Michelle Geller delivers that line, it's just like, you start to question, right? You're like, wait a minute. Is she serious? Like, is Buffy serious? Is Buffy really losing it here? Because up until this point, we're like, oh, Willow and the Scoobies are overreacting. But it's like, at this point, you're just like, what is something going on? Is something wrong with Buffy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Willow says, do you have to kill her? Like, can't you just switch rooms? <laughs> and Buffy says, I would, but it's not just me in danger from Kathy. Look! And she pulls out the Ziploc bag that Parker left behind, I think. Um, and it's full of toenails. And Buffy says, evil toenails. And she like, she took them off the floor from Kathy when Kathy went to the bathroom. So Willow is like, okay, good thinking. Because in the middle of the night, those toenails could have attacked you and left little half moon marks all over your body. And Buffy is like, don't be ridiculous. I measured them before I fell asleep. And again, this <laughs> yeah, morning. Yeah, don't be ridiculous, Willow. <laughs> measuring them and they grew <laughs> well why would she think to do that it's so right? funny so i like i like what i like about this seed is willow <laughs> starts off the seed by expressing like normal concern for her friend i really i appreciate that willow is pushing back against buffy's behavior and saying like you have to deal with this buffy but then Throughout this scene and throughout this conversation, Buffy is becoming increasingly unhinged in the way she's talking about Kathy. And like you can see on Willow's face how she's just like, I don't know how to deal with this. (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) It's true. And I really like how Willow handles it, though, because Buffy says like um, that's a demon thing for them to grow after they're cut. So she has to be eliminated. And Willow says, of course, it makes sense now. (laughs) And she's like, but you better show those bad puppies to Giles before you do anything. Just to be sure. (laughs) 
Willow's so funny. Um, Buffy's like, absolutely. I wouldn't want to do anything crazy. Oh, no. Of course not. <laughs> so Willow says, you better hurry on to Giles. I'll hang on here and keep an eye on Kathy. And Buffy's like, thanks, and goes. Um, and I do want to point out here, because um, this show, and like just in general, they uh, use crazy, very, the word crazy, very loosely, right? And yeah. I try not to in my vocab anymore. Obviously, it comes out here and there um, in the show. But I just want to point it out here. Like, we shouldn't be saying people are crazy, you know? Yeah, like that's and that's why, like, I was bringing up the idea of Kathy possibly being neurodivergent. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that's one of the things the show is just not good at, especially as a product of his time is casual ableism. You know, last week we talked about the fat phobia uh not dealing with mental health issues properly and also just you know not always being as sensitive when it comes to the fact that people are different sometimes right like yeah kathy's just different and there are probably better ways of dealing with her behavior and her attitudes than just assuming that she's an evil demon right like i'm not here to excuse kathy's behavior but i also think it's you know sometimes people just encounter the world in different ways and we could all be a little kinder and a little bit more compassionate and empathetic but unfortunately no uh buffy has chosen violence and toenails um so willow calls giles and this is the funniest conversation of the whole episode because she calls giles we don't hear giles's voice we just hear her side and she's like giles I just talked to Buffy, and yeah, I, I think she's feeling a little insane. No, not bitchy crazy, more like homicidal maniac crazy. So I told her to come see you, okay? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Willow, precious Willow. So funny. Um, so Buffy enters Giles' house, and immediately a net falls on her. Xander, Oz, and Giles all are like tying her up, and Xander's like, Buffy, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And Buffy's like, not yet, but it will. And Xander's like, don't say that. Oh, please don't say that. <laughs> you like it, Xander. You want it. <laughs> so funny. You want Buffy to step on you. Giles was like, we're, we're, we're doing this to stop you from making a terrible mistake. And they tie her to like a bench or something. Um, and Giles is like, something is amiss. And Buffy says, yeah, something is amiss. A Miss Kathy Newman. It's a bad pun. <laughs> so Giles, check my bag, check my bag. The, the, the bottom pocket of my bag. And Giles takes out the bag of toenails. Oh my God. And Buffy says, um, her parts keep growing after they detach. She irons her jeans. She's evil. She has to be destroyed. And Giles tells Xander and Oz that, um, that he feels that the demon Buffy met in the woods has somehow possessed her. And Buffy is freaking out about the love songs that Kathy listens to. And Xander's like, you think? So Giles says, you stay here and watch her. I know a spell that will make the possessing demon reveal itself so we can fight it. But I have to go get supplies. So he takes off. Uh, leaving Xander and Oz to watch over Buffy was a terrible idea. They are not equipped. They are not ready to handle this. So Willow visits Kathy in her room and she says, I think it's a good idea for you and Buffy to give each other some apart time. In fact, you might want to be apart before she gets back. And Kathy's like, why should I leave the room? What, like, why should I go? And Willow's like, I know it's not fair. And Kathy's like, it's not fair having you having to live with someone who's obviously troubled. Someone who should be in a home, not in a dorm. Ooh. Ooh, Kathy. And Kathy says, I wouldn't put a pastor to drop out or take off or something. Do something horrible to herself or worse. She's capable of it, you know. You can see it in her shifty little <laughs> eyes. <laughs> One of these days you may push, she may push somebody so, too far. I, I like this because this makes a lot of sense once we learn like Kathy's origin and what she's been doing with Buffy because 
this is Kathy kind of trying to lay the groundwork for Buffy's friends being like, oh, yeah, like Buffy might snap and just disappear one day and, you know, just drop out without a trace, kind of like what the <laughs> vampires were doing to these other students. Right. It's like Kathy's trying to lay that groundwork of like, don't be surprised if you just show up and she's not here one day. Mm -hmm. ever. ever. Yeah. If she just like takes off and, you know, doesn't ever come back <laughs> for sure. Uh, <laughs> so. The phone rings, it's Oz, and she gives it to Willow. Kathy gives it to Willow, and Willow's like, you did? She's at Giles? Okay. So she's like, okay, Kathy, what you said right now, like, it just made me realize that you're right. It's not fair to make you leave. So you're good. You stay right here. Don't leave. You stay here. <laughs> and she goes. So Buffy is telling all the Zenner that after all they've been through together, you guys won't believe me when I tell you that Kathy is bad. And she's got a point there. And Xander says, we want to, Buffy. And Oz is like, shh, don't engage. <laughs> So Buffy is struggling and Xander is like, oh, I don't know if I tightened those ropes enough. And Oz is like, well, I guess we better go over there and check them. And Oz and Xander's like, ha ha, uh, oh dear God. <laughs> I like, again, I like Xander in this episode and I like Oz a lot in this episode. So they both slowly approach and Xander's like, avoid the legs, avoid the legs. <laughs> And Buffy immediately bashes their head to get their heads together. They well, pass so, out. Yeah, she like she stands up and reveals that indeed the ropes were not <laughs> tied that tight. She has escaped. So she bashes their heads together to knock them out, and then she says, "Nope, not tight enough." Again, like it's so easy on television to knock people out without any effort. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't know if you've ever tried to knock somebody out, Steph. I haven't, but mm -mm. like it's difficult. Um, most of the time what you get what you end up with is blunt force head trauma and a concussion and yeah. Yeah. somebody who's very upset with you right it would have made more sense for her to just like push him out of the way and run because they're not going to catch up to her we already know buffy's a sprinter <laughs> she can outrun giant snakes so this is funny because buffy so buffy goes straight to her dorm room throws her bag down on kathy's desk and she's like kathy and Kathy's like, Buffy. <laughs> and she's Buffy's like, I think we need to talk, don't you? And Kathy's like, absolutely, let's talk. And they face each other in the middle of the room. And <laughs> what I will give to Kathy in this reveal right here is that like, we still think Kathy is like a girl, right? So the fact that she's like thinking that Buffy just came here to like friggin' talk it out is funny to me. So Buffy kicks over the corner of the rug and she's like, Oops, look what I did. <laughs> so that's when Kathy punches Buffy. Uh, oh, it's so surprising. She punches her and they grab each other's heads and they start to tussle. And Buffy literally pulls off Kathy's face. And it's revealed that she is, in fact, the demon from the dream. And she's still got Kathy's hair. It's like pretty cool makeup, actually. But she's got the eyes. She's got the glowy green eyes. She's a hyena spirit. And Buffy's like, I knew it! <laughs> so, yeah, so okay. Good. So, Kathy, like, literally, like, um, like tackles her there. But this is, a, like, a great reveal. Because you, you're, like, you, as the audience, you're like, I'm thinking Kathy is just a really irritating girl, right? Well, I don't think there's been too much examples of her being a demon yet. Besides the toenail thing, which Giles has yet to... Uh, uh, well, it, it's kind of reminiscent to me of something like Ted, where it's like you don't know that the person's an evil robot, but it turns out they are, and therefore it's okay for Buffy to kill them. Yeah, you know, it's the same idea here. It's like it would have been so much worse if Kathy were a human, because then she'd be off. Buffy limits. pulled her face off. <laughs> yes, the moment you pull her face off, it's like okay, anything goes at this point. 
But and and to me, like the whole face thing reminds me of the demon from Anne, the first mm-hmm. episode of season three, because it's yeah. the same idea. Um, and I wonder if they're like related demon species because they both come from different dimensions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would also say that um, it, it's funny, like you brought up Ted, right? Where Buffy took out her aggression on Ted, still thinking he was a human. So here's Buffy taking out her aggression on Kathy, still mm-hmm. thinking she's a human. Well, no, actually, she no, just that's keeps different. getting lucky. Like one of yeah. these days, Buffy, you're going to kill an actual human and it's not going <laughs> to be a demon or a robot. I mean, in this case, Buffy was like 100% certain that because of the toenails that Kathy is a demon. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you, hey, we, we could have been wrong, Buffy. You got to be very careful, okay? The, so the demons, we cut to the demons who are still chanting um at the fire and then another demon rises from the ground and says in his language where is she i I have to say i really appreciate we're getting subtitles on these demon conversations we don't always get that so it's just it's nice to know what they're talking about yeah yeah not all of us speak moktagar or whatever they are so buffy and kathy are on the ground fighting and buffy's like saying like i like Kathy's pinning her and Buffy's like, I knew it. I knew you were one of those demon things. And Kathy's like, why don't you just stop it and let me finish my ritual? And Giles is explaining somewhere else what the ritual is. He's reading from a book. He's saying the ritual of Moktagar, a race of trans-dimensional demons, involves the forced ingestion of animal blood while the victim slumbers. And so Buffy is saying to Kathy, my nightmares were real. And Kathy says, I'm sorry, okay? I left my dimension to go to college and they sent their guys after me. So Giles reads, but while the Maktagar can assume many forms and guises, including human, they can always be recognized by others of their kind due to their lack of a soul. So Kathy says, so I'm borrowing yours. And Buffy, bless Buffy, she's like, without even asking. (laughs) So Kathy says, tonight when they come looking for me, they'll take the one without a soul. And Buffy's like, oh, thank God, I don't have to watch you floss anymore. And Kathy's like, I'm going to have to live with a slob. And Buffy bites her and they keep fighting and they're doing flips and fighting all over the dorm room. And that's why we know it's so big is so they can have this fight. And Kathy throws Buffy through her closet door. And I was like, oh my God, you are not getting your deposit back. You, This is like grounds for being kicked out of the dormitory uh, for this kind of damage. And... <laughs> Kathy says, it's share time, Buffy. And Buffy's like, fine, let's start with my sweater. She starts like choking her with the sweater. Uh, Xander and Oz are coming too. And Xander's like, why can't Giles have shackles like any self-respecting bachelor? And I was like, that's true because Angel had shackles. So Willow comes in and helps Oz up. And Oz is saying, Buffy has a good lead on us. And Willow says, "Um, I'll call Kathy to see if she, to tell her to get out of there. But while she's calling Kathy, Kathy has the phone and she's beating Buffy up with it. And she's like, "Um, all you had to do was write down your calls. So this is chaos. Willow says, no answer. Giles comes in and he's like, the toenails. <laughs> he's like, Buffy was right. Kathy's toenails not only keep growing after they've been cut, but they actually regenerate after they've been destroyed. It's a demon thing. And where's Buffy? And Xander like just holds up the ropes in defeat. <laughs> so Giles says, okay, we have even less time than I feared. Uh, he's looked up all the known regenerating demons and the only one species that practices the ritual that Buffy is seeing in her sleep. It's done to steal the soul from the human body. So Xander says, so Buffy's been doing a Linda Blair 
on us, and I don't know what Linda Blair is. Uh, Linda Blair is the actor from The Exorcist. Oh, okay, okay, the okay. Nineteen seventy-three. Yes. So, okay, that's funny. Uh, and then Xander says she's doing this because Kathy's been sucking her soul, and Giles is like, "Yeah." And uh, Willow and me, uh, Giles says yes, and Willow's like, "Okay, Buffy was right all along." Later on, big remorse. <laughs> right, like as you pointed out. This is not the first time in this series that this has happened. Like, they should probably have, like, a little flowchart where it's like, Buffy is claiming somebody's a demon or evil. Should we doubt her? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if it's yes, time. like, yeah. <laughs> I know, they just don't learn. Um, so uh, Giles says that him and Willow will, will perform the spell that will reverse the soul transfer procedure immediately. Oz says that leaves Xander and him to go help Buffy in the flesh. Like you have ever been able to do that in the past. Remember Gingerbread? So Giles and Willow start the spell as Oz and Xander take off. Buffy is crushing all of Kathy's pencils on the floor. <laughs> and then uh, she knocks Kathy into a bunch of shelves that fall down. Outside in the hallway, the guy that lives next door to them, he, he like comes out of his door and is like, do you mind? People are trying to study. <laughs> so Kathy throws Buffy out of the window and says like, windows open, happy. And she pins Buffy down and she's trying to suck out the rest of her soul. But the spell is completed and Buffy's soul is actually sucked out of Kathy's mouth back into her body. And then we get a big flash of light and the demon that was summoned earlier shows up and he says to her in her language, in their language, uh, do you have any idea how much trouble you're in, young lady? And Kathy's like, I'm not going back. And the demon says, don't take that tone with me. <laughs> and Kathy says, I'm 3,000 years old. When are you going to stop treating me like I'm 900? And Oz and Xander like enter then and the demon just like turns on them and growls. And he says, enough, you're coming home. He opens a portal on the floor. Buffy scoots out of the way. Kathy falls into the portal screaming. The demon jumps in after her and the portal closes. <laughs> and that's And that's that. The next scene is Willow and Buffy in the room. Willow's moving in. She's hanging her Dingles Ate My Baby poster up and Buffy's like helping her figure out the best position for it. And uh, Buffy's helping her unpack and she's eating a sandwich and she's like, I'm so glad you're here. Like all that bad Kathy karma is just draining away. And Willow's like, yeah, about that, the Kathy thing. Like, I'm sorry I doubted you. And Buffy's like, you're forgiven. And you know, you did have reason to doubt, except for the whole soul sucking thing. I think that Kathy was a pretty regular as far as roomies go. <laughs> and Willow's like, that's a pretty big accept. So Buffy says she's glad that it was Kathy's demony ways that make were making her no fun Buffy. I've always thought I was pretty easygoing. It's not like I have any big issues or anything. And then Willow picks up Buffy's sandwich and says, are you going to finish this? And takes a bite. And we close up, boom, 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 on Buffy's eye twitching, <laughs> fade to black. <laughs> so this is interesting. You know, we're finishing the episode with some movement here. Uh, Willow and Buffy are now roommates, which we speculated about. We kind of, we, we talked about it last episode. We're like, why, why didn't they become roommates together? Yeah. And I, I'm curious in terms of your roommate stories, Steph, yeah. have you ever been roommates with somebody that you were friends with before you moved in together? Uh, yes, <laughs> for sure. Uh, that's usually how it starts out, right? Is your friends first and then chaos mm -hmm. ensues and you don't have right the right communication and uh, <laughs> things break apart. Um, I think in this case, though, because we did speculate like why they didn't get paired up together. I, I know for my university, 
they gave you an option. You could write down who you wanted to room with. But mm-hmm. um, for some universities, I think they do force it that you stay with somebody different. So, Ooh. yeah, I, I think it's because it, it forces you to make new friends or Ooh. it forces you to pushes you out of your comfort zone. I know some universities have that rule. Uh, it sucks. I wouldn't I like that's I mean, whatever. It, it is what it is. And it ended up like if I had lived with like, you know, a girl down the hall who ended up being one of my best friends, that would have been totally fine. Right. So it's like grab big. You don't know. Wow. I hope things work out for Willow and Buffy. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> She's evil, Giles. <laughs> She's evil. I think just, hey, again, if they just set it up like uh, Buffy, you are free to burn my candles whenever you want. And Willow <laughs> is free to drink from Buffy's milk carton whenever she chooses i think it's a really it's gonna be a good relationship you know what i'm saying yeah who's your hero (laughs) um my hero is gonna be oz for the way that he kind of steps up you know helps out when will is not available we get the cute scene between him and buffy and then just in general he's like he's just he's very present in this episode you know he helps xander and giles He, he and xander go to buffy's room to help out like he's just he's always there and he's doing what he thinks is best I I agree. I'm going to go with Giles. Giles is my hero this episode because in the last episode, he was very like, Buffy, you're on your own. And then at the end of the episode, he was like, (laughs) I'm going to, no, I'm here. I'm here to help you. And he really showed that in this episode. And he went out of his way. He even traveled the five miles to UC Sunnydale to talk to her in the morning. Uh, He was supportive. He gave her advice. And then he figured out the spell in the end. So good for Giles. All right. I've been really enjoying this university experience so far. It's been fun. You know, it's fun to see them in this All different the environment. All nostalgia, right? Lots of nostalgia. Yeah. And yeah, more roommate stories to follow. Okay. Let's get to our hot stakes. We have two today. The first one is from Alexandra, uh, one of our chosen ones. And she wrote in about consequences. I had a thought on something you said during your graduation day part one episode. Steph said that once the Scoobies found out Faith accidentally killed Alan, all the Scoobies automatically turned on her and called her a murderer and that this makes him hip, hip, them hypocritical for not questioning Buffy's willingness to kill Faith. And I just needed to defend my girl Buffy for a second, since she is a part of the Scooby gang too. While I agree that they were all a little too quick to give up on Faith, Buffy wasn't. She tried to speak to her about what happened, and Faith shut her down, which was definitely a trauma response, so I'm not blaming her. And it can be argued that Buffy came on a little too strong when she accused her of basically having two faces or sides to her, but Buffy was also processing her own trauma too. They very clearly process things differently. Buffy did not easily turn on Faith and write her off as a murderer. She tried to reach out to her multiple times, but Faith was not ready to admit she needed help and thus turned to the mayor because sinking into the darkness was easier than facing what she did. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, hey, I agree with that. Buffy did try really hard to reach out to Faith in various ways and probably the most... Uh, in the best ways, I think. And we talked about that in Faith on Trial, too. Buffy and Angel, right? Like, Angel Mm -hmm. is also very proactive and didn't want to give up on Faith. But yeah, so thank you for sharing those thoughts, Alexandra. We always uh, appreciate it um, when people, in this case, like, sometimes we have people who just completely disagree with us. And in this case, it's just kind of like this nudge of like, hey, like, you know, just remember, Buffy did this, and that's good. Because sometimes I think you and I, Steph, we get caught up in the moment of just, like, making fun of something. <laughs> well, <laughs> and there is nuance. Well, it's also in graduation in graduation day part one, let's not forget, like, Buffy was making the choice to go and kill Faith. So I think yeah. that's that was the conversation we were having. Yeah, we were, we were, you know, we were seeing red as much as Buffy was there. Right. So I think, you know, in the moment, 
In the moment, we say a lot of things, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our second hot steak is from Bethany. And we really appreciate the super long email you sent in, Bethany. So we grabbed, you know, a point that we thought was really interesting about last week's episode, The Freshman. Um, why is Giles so unhelpful in this episode? Has he still not learned to trust Buffy's gut instincts? In this episode, it seems like he believes Buffy's right, that something might be going on, but he thinks she should just deal with it on her own. I know this is another theme that has been and will be explored throughout the series, Giles's fatherly urge to care for Buffy versus Giles's fatherly urge to make sure Buffy is self-sufficient, which he only seems to know how to do by completely abandoning her. <laughs> but it's much more annoying to me this watch. Make up your mind, Giles. Do you want Buffy to need you around or not? Buffy's support system seems to crumble on her so quickly. Sad face emoji. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, like we, we touched a little bit on this in that episode, but it was just kind of like, again, we were kind of like going for the humor angle on it. But I think this is something that will be really interesting for us to monitor across the season, right? Is like, like in this episode, you were just pointing out, this is why Giles is your hero, is he did step up and he was very involved and helpful. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what's going to happen for the rest of the season? Will Giles be like this pendulum where he keeps swinging back and forth in some episodes he's leaving Buffy on her own and other episodes he's right in the mix like I'm very curious to see what happens and how we feel about as Bethany pointed out the way Giles is playing that fatherly role yeah me too and uh, hey it's not unlike Giles to swing one way or the other remember all the whiplash we got from him in season two where he was like <laughs> Buffy take a break Buffy you're the slayer and you need to do this alone <laughs> right like I completely forgot how critical we were of that because it was every episode we're like what do you want from us right so yeah. all right so th thanks bethany and thanks alexandra for your hot steaks and everyone keep them coming we got a fresh new season we already got a bunch for like upcoming episodes you guys are on the ball Give us more <laughs> another <laughs> um thank you to all of our buy me a coffee supporters especially our chosen ones Lizzie, Emma, Hannah, Tara, Molly, Teza, Alexandra, Kyle, Kayla, and Destiny. And our chosen one, Kayla, actually won our Instagram giveaway the other day, where she won a copy of In Every Generation by Evan Ross Katz and uh, generously donated from Hachette. Thank you so much, everybody, for participating in our giveaways. We got more coming down the pipeline, so keep, keep, <laughs> so keep. So we're <laughs> Yeah. We're fucking losing it. Bye. We're done. We're done. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. You can also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Praise Moloch. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>